Welcome to another edition of Real Kipper and Born. As we go into day two of our Swedish edition of the Toronto Maple Leaf Hour on our show, Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee, Derek Brandeo, and Jen Rolnick here for the next two hours. Feeling more like Puerto Rico than Sweden in here. So do you, do you, <laughs> oh think, do you think there, there's any chance at all the maintenance guy in this Rogers building watches or listens to our show? This is the most direct avenue we have to get to him. This is it, okay? If by chance you are listening, you listen to me closely, my friend, okay? Unless you're going to bust through that door in the next 30 seconds with a tray of iced teas, <laughs> turn down the heat. I'm going to not wear a wool sweater yeah, tomorrow. We're going to be shucking Ooh. down here. It'll be the shirtless hour in the second half of the show today. I'd like to see you doing that, not me. I'm drawing a blank. Who's that actor that it's like... Listen to me very carefully. Liam Neeson. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, I'm, I'm getting Liam in here. Okay. Yeah, Dakin, good move. You you listen to me very yeah. carefully here. A specific set a, of skills, right? Very, yeah. Yes. Um, we got a certain set of skills that we will use if you're not by a thermometer in the next 10 seconds. I uh, didn't tell you I was going to ask you guys this, but I was watching some hoops last night. I was watching the LA Clippers, yeah. who are a disaster. They're now Owen. They're now Owen six in the James Harden era, I think. Owen five, Owen six. The Sixers are, I think, six and one or seven and one since they traded him. What is the best example of a hockey trade that has just been like um, everyone knew it was going to be a disaster? They made the trade, and it's immediately a disaster. Like it's just, I can't wrap my mind around like another cross board parallel of how bad this is. You can't ask me that. I was with you for an hour and a half well, I upstairs. Want to see, I am <laughs> supposed to just I come off the top of my head. I can't get your attention up there. I want to get your attention here. I think the uh, the best you can do is looking for like addition by subtraction where you're like, yeah. they're just better for not using that guy that much. Yeah. And in the last game, so, Bobby McMahon played oh, for Ryan Reeves. Yeah. <laughs> so you're asking what NHL trade over the course of history, history, history. Has, has where you knew that it was no good yes. for one team. Yeah, and really good for the other team. Yeah. You don't have to. Well, right? You can come back to anyone like without the trade before I, it happened? I, I, that's right funny. now, I'm thinking about Jonathan Huberto in, in Calgary, but no one saw him going from 115 points down to 50. So Kadri right. win is actually the answer. But that's how yeah. it's that's how it's kind of shaped up right now. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. like Kadri because he was Colorado. Perfect no, everyone fit. knew it was good. everyone knew it was a bad trade the minute they made it. No one yeah. like Barry Kerfoot. And then, yeah. Anyways, I was just watching, and the Clippers suck so bad. They got the crap beat out of them by my favorite team to watch the uh, Nuggets. You know what I wanted to bring up yesterday that I totally forgot, and it's like the association to hockey for me. I was watching Monday Night Football. The Buffalo Bills. Oh, man. Okay? And where it's the last play of the game. Oh, my God. There's a, a field goal missed, and it looks like the Buffalo Bills dodge a huge bullet, yeah. and they get called for too many men on the field. Could you imagine if that happened to the Toronto Maple Leafs in some way? I'm just I, – I, I, my, my first thought is coach. Immediately. And they fired the offensive coordinator. I'm like, 
Where's the defensive guy <laughs> in all of this? Well, he's a special teams coordinator. Like, this to me was the ultimate too many men on the ice. Yeah. And that falls on coaches. Yeah. And I know you. Yeah. You're like, nah, that's where's the player's responsibility in Figure that? Figure it out. Yes. And the Leafs have done it a like ton that. this year with too many men on the ice. I think they've had three or four of them already this five, year. Five. I think they're second five. in the NHL. Well, so, maybe it's not five. I think they're second in the NHL. So you're telling me now, as you watch Denver march up the field. I can't speak to that. You sport. can't have one or two coaches going up to his players and saying, hey, listen. Oh, yeah. Let's be ready here, everybody. <laughs> I, but it's not it on the fly. That's like they have time between well, plays. Like, oh, you're on the fly. You tell the guys. I think it's a, hard, the guys. it's a hard parallel to draw, though, with between football and hockey because in this scenario, the goal would have been scored. If there's six guys on the ice, is that reviewable? Like, if they score an overtime winner in the playoffs and there's six guys on the ice and the refs don't catch it, is that reviewable? Can you flip that back? Surely. With this, it's like, oh, they saw it. The play can still happen, but they f- they throw the flag and it, they take it off the board. It's kind of a different thing. But, yeah, man, they – Bills suck. And that, that happened to the um, the Rough Riders in the Grey Cup uh, a few years ago when they had too many men on the field. It yeah. cost them the Grey Cup. Anyways, so, I, I, like, a lot, of, a lot of people probably lost a little bit of money. Yeah. <laughs> on Monday oh, yeah. on the Bills. That would be frustrating. Okay, the Toronto Maple Leafs, it looks like the lineup's – been shaped out, uh, getting to some hard practices again as they get ready for Friday's tilt, 2 p.m. Eastern time against the Detroit Red Wings. And it looks like right now that Ryan Reeves and John Klingberg will be on the outside at least to to start uh, their their two games in Sweden. Yeah. Also, no questions or no comments today on the goaltending situation for this weekend and how they're going to handle that. So I could could put that to you two guys. So before before we do, let's go to Sheldon Keefe for our first Kippers Clipper on uh, practice. Yeah, it seems seems to be the group's uh, had a good night of sleep, and that goes a long way. Uh, certainly got a lot more out of them today than I felt we could yesterday, both in terms of meetings and our time spent on the ice. So that's positive. And you know, we have uh, what I was told coming here would be is a mandatory off day tomorrow. Mm. And uh, we'll get back with a morning skate on Friday and get ready to play. But uh, today was a good step. What I was told is a mandatory off day. Is that like the PA when you travel that far, you got to get a day off or... No, doctor. no, no. I don't know a lot. No, this would be this would be the Leafs in control of all of that. Yeah, and saying it's a mandatory off day. Yeah, that's crazy to me. If you're the coach, you imagine like some old school coach. If you told like I don't know Pat Burns or something like, hey, it's mandatory off day, he'd be like, that's yeah. my call. <laughs> that's not your call. But you don't think like you know you finally get these guys, you skate them once they get off the plane. You have a good night's sleep last night. The the world's changed for a lot of these clubs led by the Toronto Maple Leafs because they've got all this extra money to go out there and build departments. And one of them, of course, is, you know, it's sleeping habits. If that's the the thought process and you've hired people and that's their full-time job, then that's what they're told. Then. That's what you got to follow. When I was uh, with the organization, the first thing drafted players got, one of the first pieces of material was a book called Sleep to Win. It was like Rich Rotenberg, who's now the Leafs guy. He was the Marlies yeah. guy at the time. The first thing he got a book. 
And I remember the the, the guys complaining because they had to read something. They were junior <laughs> hockey players, and they were, you think I'm joking, but they were like, you got to read this. It's 58 pages. And it was like, <laughs> what oh happened to the good old days when they gave you a pin? <laughs> Congrats, you're a leaf. Yeah. Don't read the book. Oh, no, I just, I think they could probably handle a light skate tomorrow. Yeah, it'd probably and be okay. I, I mean, what time is it here now? So it's, we're heading to 10, 10 p.m. over there right now. Could imagine that with an off day tomorrow. Yeah. The, the evening. Yeah, you're at, probably at not helping very, your team at all. I would all. say at this very moment in Stockholm could be getting quite fun. Wish we had ah! a lot of alcohol content meters. That's all what I have. The question for you kip sorry yeah. you were saying no something. i was just going to go through the lineup a little bit but i was going to well th- that's kind of where i'm headed to is uh klingberg yeah. so we had talked on our show about the idea that this guy is hurt and potentially weirdly like you know some people had talked about this being sort of a long-term thing i think you had mentioned well that. listen I, we we never saw anything of there's no of significant there was no moment for klingberg but now you're hearing uh what a few days ago, a while ago, about Sheldon Keith talking about something that's uh, that needs to be looked after, yeah. or and listen. But then he played. Yeah, I he know. Plays the next day yeah. after we talked about that, yeah. and then now they fly to Sweden and he can't even practice. Well, it doesn't necessarily. Um, it doesn't necessarily point to anything of significance for me, anyways. What doesn't that he's not practice skating? No, no, that. Um, that there's uh, anything like definitive, okay. right? Like a separated shoulder or uh, a sprained knee or anything. Yeah. But something is obviously bothering him. And when, when you're dealing with Klingberg and, you know, the last 10 years, this guy has had uh, a lot of wear and tear. Yeah. If, you know, and if I'm not mistaken, he's had <laughs> double hip surgery and he's had, I think... Uh, uh, a hand issue where surgery needed to rebuild a few things. So is it something that's bothering him? Is it something that uh, is nagging him that he needs off days to have it settle down mm-hmm. and play here and there? It, that's what it sounds to me like, that yeah. he's got something going right now that uh, can, can drop the percentages from being 80 or 90% good enough to maybe 65 70 and that's what's maybe going on here but it is a scary thought if you're the least that you have this guy that you're already worried about his ability to perform who is dealing with something that could be could hamper him throughout the season that's the fact that he can't even practice to me is a real concern so i don't know we do have a quote from keith uh, clip two on john klingberg let's hear what uh, sheldon has to say yeah, it just just wasn't uh, wasn't ready to go today. They think there's a chance he could could be on the ice on Friday, um, but of course, I would say his chances of playing on Friday, I would put that at low right now, just given the fact that he hasn't skated since since the game the other night. Um, we we're hoping to use this time, you know, with a gap in between, to give him you know give him some some more time to to heal, but also have some aggressive treatment with him to, to really help and just wasn't feeling right to, to get on the ice today. I don't think the, the long flight uh, did him any favors coming over here either. Well. He needs aggressive treatment? And by the way, it's always worse when it's non-contact injury, right? Yeah, when we didn't see a moment. So he's got a non-contact treatment that needs aggressive... What? Sorry. No, I was just going to say, and, and yeah. when you're dealing with a six, eight-hour flight, uh, swelling, uh, I mean, yeah. a lot of 
a lot of issues uh, could kind of show up the moment the plane lands. Yeah. So I just think that this is a long-term problem for the Leafs this season. Listen, this is more commentary than right now. This is a problem for this if, season. You know, again, if if he came in with a history here of of having double hip surgery, I mean that you needed to factor that in on on whether or not you still wanted to take a chance on a guy and sign him to over four million dollars, albeit one year. Maybe the best thing that they did out of this is not commit two or three years mm-hmm. to a guy who's who's battling right now. Yeah. Like good good news. It's only a one year deal. Yeah. Bad news. It's still four point one million on your cap this year. God, I mean, how nice that money would that be to have for them, you know, while looking to figure out their back end. That's I, I am curious to see because if it becomes a long term problem where they can't use him, maybe he is an LTIR guy. Oh, you know that if if this doesn't clear up and it is a contributing factor on why he hasn't been able to kind of get it going here, that's where it has to yeah. end up. Yeah. And for Klingberg, it probably gives him some justification for how it hasn't gone great. You know, when he's... If he wants to get major treatment or another surgery or whatever it may be in next summer. And uh, the, the one thing I want to stress here, whether it's... Is that Klingberg, I have no idea what's going on? Sorry? That I have no idea what's going no, on. No, I'm no, 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 speculation. no. That, 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 you know, whether it's Klingberg and I, I did Calgary Radio this morning and they're saying... could Georgie? Yeah, I did Georgie today. Oh, yeah. The man. Uh, on uh, Sportsnet uh, 960 in Calgary. And the suggestion was could... Jonathan Schubert will end up, you know, being a, a guy that can can be on long-term IR if they oh. nudge, nudge, wink, wink that. There's seven years left, eight uh, years left. Listen, reg- regardless of what it is, you need to be a willing participant yeah. to, to go for that. Right. And even for Klingberg now, to have the Leafs convince him, listen, you're only at 70%, can you please go on uh, long-term IR and by chance the best thing for I, you I, is I, how you have to sell I it. I don't know how, you know, and when you'll ever, co- you know, you'll come back. Like, the guy's got to go for it. And this is a guy that is trying real hard to get his career back on track here. Yeah. And he'll never get the $50 million he turned down in Dallas. But You just need can to I get, men in black stick that out of your brain. Right? Does that ever happen? But can I get to move $10 million back? Can I get $12 million back? Yeah. You can if you're playing. You're, you can if you're healthy. If you're healthy enough to stay in the lineup, it's only you, thirty-one. You you gotta you gotta be willing to go on long-term IR. And the one guy that was willing was Matt Murray. And we've never really talked about the the Matt Murray situation here. No, we haven't in Toronto not once this season. But you think about this for a second. Matt Murray, where is he? Was cleared. In playoffs, he was on the bench. In playoffs, available, right? Yep. And then, miraculously, he's not available and he's on long-term IR. What happened there? Well, I'll tell you what happened. Thanks. He weighed his options, right? Yeah. He weighed out his options. Okay. Is there another team out there? Can I can I convince another team to start the season? 
Yes, no, maybe so. I'd rather if, not if, get bought if out. I, if I go, if I go to the minors, can I come back? What happens if I get lit up in the minors? Your point. If I get bought out, two, what's it going to cost me? I mean, a million and a half more. Almost two mil. Yeah, because it's what now, two thirds of your salary over. Maybe yeah. more. Yeah. And that's not. And, and please don't get the wrong idea here when I'm telling you that, like, there's nothing wrong with him. The guy's been around for a while. Yeah, he's, he's got, got lots 35, wrong with him physically. But physically, there is much like Klingberg now. There is real wear and tear. Yeah. And if a guy doesn't want to play at seventy-five or eighty percent, then he doesn't have to. And if he chooses to fix something that could be easily fixed in two or three years from now, mm-hmm. but I just choose to do it now, then that's his prerogative. And he's not wrong. And then he'll come out of it. He's 29 years old in Matt Murray's case where but he can say, not, my career's not this over was now. Not, this is not on the Leafs begging Matt Murray to go on long-term IR. This was Matt Murray going, eh, yeah. okay, I'll go get the surgery now. Mm-hmm. Chances are if Matt Murray, who was cleared to play in the playoffs, found his way back in the lineup, did really well, and put himself in a position to carry on his career – there's a chance that his surgery that he had on his hip this summer could have waited a tad. Yeah. Wow. I mean, yeah, these yeah, are decisions. Stuff. You see people make these sort of decisions now and be forced into making them at yeah. different times in their career. But there is real wear and tear on, on all these guys. It's just I've a matter of people where you prioritize it, where you put it, and whether or not you think that the break – could be the best thing for you. It's like Marion Hosa's skin condition, which I'm sure he had while he played. He didn't just show up when he was going to start earning, you know, the least amount in his career and whatever. I think it probably, it's a real thing. It's a problem and you can manage it. Yeah. But if you'd like to not, it's yeah. very easy to point to this and say, yeah, here's a real thing I'm dealing with. I'd rather not deal with it. Anymore. So one guy who's now been linked to the Toronto Maple Leafs is Pat Kane. Wow. Pat Kane had the surgery. Right, the, hips, the hip surgery. Yeah. Uh, he had issues throughout the last season and a half, two seasons. Mm-hmm. Could have shut it down easily beginning of last season at any point. He chose to play. Why doesn't he? Why wouldn't he? Right? He's still a very good hockey player. Mm-hmm. Wants to try to win the Stanley Cup. Maybe... Get Chicago an asset, goes to New York, doesn't bold well. There's a guy that should have, in my opinion, and yeah. I went on record, don't don't get traded. Don't go to the New York Rangers. Go get your surgery. Get ready for this year. Yeah. It's happened now. As we know, he's skating in Toronto and getting close, hopefully picking a team soon. But there's a guy that actually it could have helped him going on long-term yeah. IR sooner than than how long he waited. Is there a snowball's chance? I was going to say, is he looking to make $6 to play? Yeah, is there Hockey? a snowball chance in an oven that he would want to play for the Toronto Maple Leafs or yeah. the Toronto Maple Leafs would want him to play yeah. for them? Uh, highly unlikely. Yeah. And I... I I know there was a, a report about, uh, you know, the possibility of the Leafs uh, talking to Pat Kane. And if there, if there was, I think it right now, my guesstimate is that it would have just been a, a formality. We're reaching out to teams. 
gauge your interest. What but you guys, for? what are you looking for? Where where is where is Pat Kane on the priority list for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Because I got it just right above getting Carlton the Bear a manicure. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds about right. I mean, no, you I, went to him and you I said... Agree. I agree. I, I honestly not sure I can think of anything that Leafs need less than Patrick Kane. A one-way offensive forward who needs the puck a lot and plays the flank on the power play. Like, where do you put that? Unless you basically said, will you take Max Domi's money and roll? I don't know. Like, in which case... You, 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 can't, you can't do that. You can't have a plan and then... No. Chuck it out the window. No, I'm not Fifteen I games think it's a good in with plan. Max Domi. I actually think it's a bad right? plan. It's, yeah, exactly. But the, 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 there's not a chance. No. There's not a chance. Okay, as we promised, yes, two Hall of Famers on our show today, and uh, one of them is uh, someone that uh, I know quite well, and I'm gonna be real excited to talk to him. All right, out of Stockholm, Sweden, right now. Let's bring in Hall of Famer. Great Leaf leader, franchise leader, Matt Sundin. Wade, what's going on? What's going on, guys? Who's the other uh, Hall of Famer? Is it you, Kipper? <laughs> it, it's, uh, that, that's the Hall of Shame, <laughs> Matt. Uh, we got Ken Hitchcock in the second hour who just got inducted. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Very nice. So let, let, what is happening in your country right now. Is it true that Willie <laughs> Nylander went there and said, we are more popular than ABBA? Is that true? <laughs> I haven't heard that one yet. But it's, uh, it, it's great for the, for the hockey fans in, in Stockholm and Sweden, I think, to get a chance to see uh, some of the best players in the world. You know, the best hockey league making its way over here in the middle of the season. You know, it's not easy if you think for the players and everybody around the, the teams traveling all the way over here with the jet lag and playing a few games and then back. So, but, but for the fans in, in Sweden and Finland, it's going to be some great crowds. And I'm sure for the Swedish players, uh, maybe Finnish players on these teams, obviously it's nice to come home for a few days and, and play some games in front of their families and friends. Matt, we appreciate you joining us today. Um, I, I'm curious how close would the general Swedish hockey watching public pay to, you know, Nylander and the other uh, Swedish stars that are in the NHL as the season is going on? I know there's a, you know, a league, a league there that they, I'm sure they pay close attention to as well. Are they able to keep ties or keep eyes on their stars in the NHL? Yeah. And you know, it's been so long since me and Kipper played in the, in the national hockey league. And today you can, follow the National Hockey League pretty much almost the same way that fans do in North America. Obviously, there's a time change, but you can watch all the different NHL games on the on the TV nowadays or on your computer. Uh, the players, the kids growing up in Sweden, if you look back to when I grew up, obviously, it was impossible to follow the National Hockey League and you watch the national team, you watch the Swedish League, but now Kids in Sweden and in, in not only in Canada and, and in the U.S., kids in Europe actually have their, their uh, biggest stars. Uh, uh, stars they look up to are in North America, whether they're Swedish, Canadian, American, or wherever they are from the world. So, you know, with, with the uh, globalization and, and Internet and, and being able to follow that, so very much so 
hockey fans in Europe are, are following the best league in the world, the National Hockey League. Matt, so we know uh, the, the link between Sweden and the National Hockey League and uh, president of the NHL alumni, Glenn Healy, is over there now. Um, and uh, uh, there's, there's such a great group of you now all together. Uh, Lidstrom, you know, uh, great names like Alfredson, Forsberg. But there seems to be a, a special connection between Sweden and the Toronto Maple Leafs. And that, of course, was because of Borea Salming and how it's made it extra special for you in your career and maybe what it's doing for Willie Nylander today as well. But it really all started with the, the great one, as we know, is Borea Salming, correct? Yeah, I, I agree with you, uh, Nick. And, and what Borea did for for european players and and obviously for swedish players is showing um, you know the the league the national hockey league the general managers over there the fans who i think you know you look back to the 70s and 80s very skeptical of, of bringing european players over to play a, a different kind of hockey that than the ones being played in in europe but but borea really showed by the way he played um, that listen, we we uh, Swedish players and European players can become impact players. So my generation, I know, I talked to Nicholas Lidstrom yesterday about it. He really paved the way for uh, all of us that came after him, and and we're all very grateful what what Borja did. And um, you know, I watched the premiere of his of a movie on that's going to be out on Via Play over here, and and it's a fantastic piece that with with boy's ex-wife and everything so i hope you guys get a chance to watch that but he catches the toronto maple leaves uh in the 70s and and what boy did coming over to canada uh, before i let jb back in uh, anything in particular you saw that you didn't know or or what you appreciated most about the film <laughs> well you know I, I think you both me and you know kipper how how tough he was and the beating he took but uh, there, there's one part when Borja is playing for the Swedish champions, uh, Brynäs, which is a two-hour drive north of Stockholm. Small town, but him and his brother Stig, and his older brother Stig was was really a, a tough player here. But there's one part in the movie that is fantastic. When Borja, when he's young, he was late to practice a few times and he gets on the eyes and him and, and he's upset at Stieg because Stieg, they lived together when Borja came to Jävle to play. Stieg didn't wake him up. He was sick of Borja being late and, and not waking up in time. So Borja is late to practice, step on the ice, practice is going on. Coach, all of a sudden, all the players are rushing over. There's Borja and his brother Stieg fist fighting in the, <laughs> in the corner. <laughs> They're in practice, and they actually have that in the movie, and they break them up. The coach is yelling at them. They have to do a few laps, and then they start practicing again, and a few more later, they're back fighting on the ice, throwing, throwing bombs at each other. <laughs> and I, I talked to Stieg after the, after the show of the movie. Yes, I said, Stieg, are you serious? Were you guys that crazy in practice? And he goes, yeah, we, we were pretty crazy, is that, Matt? You know? But they, they've done a fantastic job with the casting of the – Players, you know, the Daryl Sittlers and uh, all the players, the area of that Maple Leafs in the 70s. So, and it was it's also a little bit of sadness you watch it because we know that Borey was here not long ago. And unfortunately, he wasn't 
able to watch the uh, the finishing of the movie. You know, when they started the production, he was healthy and and uh, he didn't have a chance to see it uh, when it was complete. Well, you know, part of what made him beloved in Toronto was that he had that, you know, physicality. He was willing to be involved in that aspect of the game, and that's something Toronto Maple Leaf fans um, love in their players. Over the years here, you've had uh, the ability to watch, you know, the recent frustration of this Leafs team of being very good and unable to get over the hump. I wanted to get the sense of the... if. If it's changed at all, the the way that the fans interact and treat the Maple Leafs in terms of that expectation, or if it always felt that heavy and that desperate to get over the hump and win here. <laughs> well, I, I think you know if if your if your fan base been waiting since you know 1967, and uh, you look at if you look at the era, I mean, the, the Doug Gilmore before I became a Maple Leaf that went to the conference finals, they were close getting into the finals. We were in the conference finals twice, made a few more runs into the second round. But of course, it, it builds up a, a fan base that really want to win a Stanley Cup, like like many of the other clubs are doing, you know, sooner or later, right? But if you look at the team today, I think with the age group that the Toronto Maple Leafs have, you know, you, you, you don't want to say it, but you have to say that time is on their side, right? And if they had a, a few more rounds going into the playoffs, learning, they should, the drive and the fire should be building every time they get beat out in the playoffs and they, they try to reach that goal. So, um, where, you know, the, I think there's great hopes even this season or the next three to five seasons, they're going to have good enough teams to be able to contend. We're joined by Maple Leaf great Matt Sundin, Hall of Famer, as uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs get set to drop the puck against the Detroit Red Wings on Friday. You know, Matt, uh, on occasion when we were all together, Ty would drag us out to Vic Village to watch <laughs> Max <laughs> play for the Don Mills Flyers. Um I didn't get quite the reception you did, of course, when you walked into that rink. But uh, is it kind of uh, fun knowing that uh, Max will be playing for the Toronto Maple Leafs in, in Sweden? Did you ever see that one coming? <laughs> no, I didn't see that one coming. But, I, I you know, it, it's obviously great to see him. You know, like you said, Nick, we, he was in our dressing room. Uh, when I played for the Toronto Maple Leafs, he came in on the ice after our practices with Ty and shooting pucks and hanging around. And, and it's been nice to follow him since, you know, age eight or nine playing as a kid in Toronto. And I think he will, he will add things to the lineup for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And especially as the season closes in on the playoffs and eventually the playoffs starts, he is the type of player that you look back at the last few years um, he's been having a really strong playoffs, and he's not afraid of, of uh, you know, going, in, going into traffic and, and, and being a hard-nosed player. So I think it's going to be a good asset for the Maple Leafs as the season oh, man. goes I, on. There were, some, there were some times we'd be in a restaurant, and, and, uh, and, and Max, Ty would have us uh, line up like we're dropping a puck <laughs> in a restaurant. What do you mean? Well, we'd go over, like, formations off of a face-off <laughs> in the restaurant it's like uh, ty's like get that salad get that salad tray out of here for a second <laughs> hey any ty sightings over there 
No, he's not here. He's going somewhere else. He's got some business meeting, I think, in L.A. or something. <laughs> he doesn't have time to come over. <laughs> it looks like there is a good amount of, uh, of, I guess, famous former NHLers. Does it seem like everyone's in town? Who's around there these days to watch this uh, global series? Well, I, I, I think it's great to see. I mean, pretty much, you know, all the representatives from the NHL, you know, the yeah. the league and the industry, you know, the PAs here, NHL alumni are taking a chance to meet some of the um, former Swedish players. So we have a little meeting tomorrow with the Nicholas Ledstrom, myself. We're going to try to gather a lot of players. And I think Glenn Hila has done a fantastic job not only reaching out in, in Canada and North America, but also former players uh, helping out, whether it's some need help with health care or family issues and stuff. So it, and I think a lot of European players don't know the possibilities that is with the NHL alumni. Obviously, uh, all the teams are coming in with, with their staff and all that. So it's, I think it's great for, for Stockholm and for hockey in Sweden to see what hockey at the highest level is. So I think it's going to help Swedish uh, grassroots hockey in, in the long run as well. So well done for the league making it all the way over because it, it's, a, it's a big job to come over here for a week with, with everything. Uh, Matt, just one, one, one question on, on, on Sweden. And there's a few people that are going, okay, why do we need to grow the game in Sweden when we've got almost 100 players <laughs> in the league already from Sweden and, and Finland? Um, yeah. But there, there is still room and, and growth for sure, you know. And I'm just wondering, um, is there ever a day you envision I don't know, the NHL in Europe or a team in Stockholm making the trips, uh, you know, for road trips. Do you ever, yeah. you ever see that in, in, in our lifetime coming? Yeah, obviously it, it's a question for Gary Bettman, I think. But, but if you ask me like this, is there a market for teams in five or six cities in Europe to, to play at the highest level? Is there, is there enough support from uh, owners and stuff? I would say yes. Uh, is the hockey interest enough in in uh, maybe Helsinki, Stockholm, Zurich, uh, London, Paris, and I mean Germany probably would be able to support a couple of teams. I think that's there. But Nick, as you know, there when you play in the National Hockey League as a hockey player, what you do is you play, you eat, you travel, you fly around North America, and it's it's a lot of long travels already from. L.A., Vancouver, Seattle now to the East Coast. So uh, I think the, the technique of the, of the airlines and travel, I think, might have to get a little further and with the time change and everything. But in terms of the cities in Europe and being able to fill arenas and enough hockey fans, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, there, there's, it's, a long, it's a long, long flight with time change and everything. But, you know, we'll see in the future. So I noticed that Daniel Alfredson is taking a larger role with the Ottawa Senators. Do you ever get leaned on by people or think about getting involved in the hockey side, maybe possibly with the Toronto Maple Leafs at some point? Don't, don't you have a big meeting with the coaches to tell them what to do? <laughs> I'll leave that for you guys. You guys are watching. <laughs> we um, no, well, we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, we're actually, you know, I have three... Young children now living in just outside Stockholm. We're 10 minutes outside the city, and my kids, I have a daughter, 11. I have two boys, 9 and 6. 
I'm at the rink now with my young boys. They're playing hockey. Our daughter's playing uh, basketball. So we're, I, I think life is pretty good right now. And I know the commitment it takes, that management. I mean, we've seen coaches, Nick, over the years, and management. It's a 24-7 job. But, you know, some sort of relationship with, and I, I have a good relationship today with the Maple Leafs in terms of but nothing to do really with the, um, with the with the hockey side of it, but other things. So we'll we'll see what that what happens in the future. I'll be in Toronto for the uh, All Star Game in February. I'm looking forward to that. It's always nice to come home. You know, my second home is Toronto, and uh, we'll I'll bring. I think we'll leave the kids at home in Sweden for that one. I'll just go with my wife. Hey, and you don't want to mess with that that golf swing that uh, like looks like Ernie Els is. Uh... Smooth as a criminal, as you always used to say. It used to be. It used to be. <laughs> hey, listen, Matt, uh, so appreciate your time on our show. Uh, it's going to be a fantastic weekend. Soak it all in. Enjoy it, pal. We'll see you guys. Have a good day. All Thanks, right. Matt. That's Matt Sundin, Hall of Famer, sure. Toronto Maple Leaf <laughs> legend. 11, 9, and 6. Kind of tough to be like, I'm going to go live in a different continent, kids. I get it. Love. Oh, you really get it. I get it. Love the question. <laughs> but, I, but I, I, you know, you do hear in his voice that he's like, not done. No. Yeah. Interesting to hear his take on, like, at the end of the day, Sweden's smaller country, six, eight million people. I mean, that's, if, if it's going to grow anywhere, if there's a shot anywhere, I mean, he, I think he said it, the, the money, the engine mm-hmm. out of Europe has to be like Germany. I think, eh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, well, that's where the real cash and, is. And they're an up-and-coming hockey sort well, of. Right now you've got Cider, Stutzla, Dry They're a little sleeping giant now yeah. with hockey. That they're, they're starting to have some guys cross over. And but that's what you need to get guys more interested, we, people more interested. We so. didn't have Germany in our last World no, Cup, did we? No, we had to have Team we? North America. Yeah, that's where it was like, that's where it gets, like, if you're going to have a World Cup, maybe you got to have Germany. I don't yes. care. Yeah. Uh, if, if you think that there's not enough to have, NHLers out of it, but you you just have to have them. Yes, yeah, let them lose, but they get to play in the event. Ah, that was awesome, boys. I, yeah, that's that was my, really that, good. That's my hero. You my were, you, were you Matt's guy growing up? My, yeah. By far, my favorite athlete. It's funny because he, he Sid, took a bit of a Sid hard time, a, right? Well, at, at the times. End, well, at the end, yeah. when the Leafs were kind of stinking, and he was asked to waive his no trade kipper, if you remember oh, correctly. Oh, yeah. So and he, and, and he was like, then. he was like, he didn't yeah, want to do go. it. He I wanted to stay, stay in Toronto. He was like, yeah. I love being a Leaf. Yeah. But then what, he was, he's so loyal. But then what everyone got pissed off about was that after that, he signed with Vancouver the next year. Yeah. Where it's like, well, if you want to go somewhere else. Anyways. Mm, yeah. But then it was just like a, a whole uprising that like, was like borderline anti-Mats and it was just always drove me nuts. Yeah. But the yeah. trade, the reason there, I think the trade was like, I, if I want to remember correctly, there was something to do with Jeff Carter or like a first round, like something. Remember that, Kip? Do you remember what the trade was? There was like a yeah, rumor trade. Yeah, they had trade. something on the table with, uh, was was, was it, it LA Philly? at that point or Philly? I, I think it was jo- Philly. Uh, Carter was still a flyer, yeah. if I, if or I was, remember was correctly. Was that the Caberlet one? Anyways, there was like a big trade that was rumored at that time and it got out that he, like, and he yeah. wouldn't wave. And people got bent into shape. But like, that guy's just was heart and soul. Like, he never was, you know, the raw, raw leader, but he just scored so many big goals. Nah, he, led, and he, just... he led by example. I, He's the first guy to go out there and play hard. And God, I love them. So much respect for him. That's, the reason, that's the reason I go back in every single time I play yeah, hockey. That's, it's the best. Uh, did we play a John Klingberg we clip? Uh, let's, let's, hit, let's hit a break and then come back and talk right. more.
Uh, you heard my producer. Yeah, thank you. He's the boss. No, I'm not. But uh, <laughs> I just keep her between the lines here, boys. And Derek Brandeo says we should go to break, too. Okay, more Real Kipper and Born Leaf Edition after these words. We're back. Toronto Maple Leaf Edition, Real Kipper and Born Show. What are you all giggles about? Because... (laughs) Derek and the Brandeo, we're back. You're just like you're I like, just repeated what he we're said. Back. <laughs> but I've never really done this before, ever. <laughs> well, you've done it for three years now, so yeah. But it's you still have experience. Always now. feel like it's my first time. Yeah. <laughs> I'll Give never me. feel comfortable in this chair, dude. So, if anyone ever heard the actual first times oh we did God. this. They would take us right off the air. I think, I think going to stop. I talking think there's about still it. a chance they will. <laughs> I hope not, man. I, I don't. Want to at the risk of uh, having someone on. dig it up? I don't want to talk let's about it. Um, just Klingberg, just to put a bow on Klingberg. Yeah, because we kind of got cut off there talking with Matt yeah. when he came on. Do you like? What do you think the chances of him, like the LTIR situation? Like, what's the least LTIR situation? Like, can they still they're, keep no, hammering guys on there? Yeah, they're they're up against it, guys. Yeah. They're just up against it. If you want to talk Zadorov, if you want to talk Tanev, if you want to talk Hannafin, you got money out. To bring money in and you have to have you have to make room and i don't know there's probably a lot of leaf fans out there that would gladly like to take the 4.1 off the books on on klingberg to answer your question it's yeah. just way too early too early to tell let's he's gonna want to come back and 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 play again now if if do you, he's do you know what the total is you can put on ltir I don't, but I believe the right Leafs now. are close to the limit. But they do have yeah. Timmons and Lilligren on it who will come off. If he if he comes back and doesn't feel like he can perform at the level that he should, based on whatever's bothering him, then he's got a he's got to weigh in with the Leafs what the best alternative is, and it could be long term injury reserve. All right, is Timmons back at least? Can he fill in for Timmons? Him? Is close. You want to go to Sheldon yeah, on, a, on that? Great, Connor Timmons. Clip three. See, now he's not listening maybe, to me. Maybe no. At this point, okay, I'm told feeling. unlikely for Friday, but we'll see uh, We'll see what the next couple of days bring. And I haven't uh, talked to the trainers or anything since today's practice. Today's practice was an important one for him. But uh, going into today, uh, we basically, basically we were setting it up as though we are preparing for Friday's game, which was to have Timmons out. Um, but he is getting he is getting closer for sure. Timmons' uh, preseason was Bobby Orr-esque. He was amazing. He oh, had, which got everybody he, excited. I think he had six points in two games or something. People were pretty horned up about Timmons up yeah. the start. Yeah. So he had 14 points in 25 last a, year, I believe. There, there but you a, watched those games, Justin. I did, yeah. my friend. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> there is a curiosity to see, like, what returns. Yeah. Is it uh, this guy with some upside? Can he fill... The void of Klingberg's game that was expected. Yeah, the problem is Klingberg never fit as a logically, unless he was going to run power play one. And you're not going to ask Timmons to do that over Morgan Riley. So, oh no, he's he's going to get power play time. Timmons, yes, not over Morgan. Maybe I don't PB2, know. Yeah. No, I, I think I think there's a chance if if 
he comes back and he feels good and looks good, he will get a chance to maybe start a couple of power plays. No way. Oh, I'm telling you. This guy's this this is his game. So, this is his game. His upside yeah. in the offense is his game. I'm not saying that it could right. you, you throw him to the wolves right away, but he could see significant time here. And like you just I think if you made the commitment to try Klingberg, then you'd be crazy not to try Timmins coming off of his training camp where yeah. he he looked good. And I get it. It's training camp. Nobody really cares. This is the real stuff. But they're beggars can't be choosers right now. We called Eric Gustafson poor man's Klingberg. Oh my but God. Eric Gustafson's like unbelievable for the Rangers this year. Oh, so. the Ranger fans are all they're calling up this show going, I know. You guys crapped all over him. Oh, and yeah. now he's, he's making 800 and he's, yeah, like, <laughs> he's unbelievable there. Um, but maybe Timmons can be poor man's Gustafson. I just think from the, Is that, right? Uh, I don't know. Whatever. Uh, it's a weird saying. The, I think the Timmons aspect is just to have another guy. That you can mix in. Yeah. Right? Like, maybe if you need to give somebody a, a night off. guy who's not Max Lejoie. Yes. No disrespect guy, to Max, know, but a guy but, but not an established pl- NHLer. You also want to put him in a position to succeed, and his strengths are that he had upside offensively. For sure. So you can't tell me that he, he won't see any power play time. No, I can see him getting the run in the second unit or something. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Or if it's off of a... A change where Morgan's just coming off, he can start one. All right. That would be a, hey, listen, Klingberg hasn't worked. Let's try something else. I'm, I'm in favor of that sort of thing. Um, we nope. also, go yeah. ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, we also have Sheldon weighing in today on, you know, where they're at. They just went a couple games. They're, they're actually tied with Detroit going into this game on Friday. If he's had time to take a look now that they've separated themselves a little bit from the day-to-day well, he, rigors of the season. Yeah, he was asked, like, hey, there's three games in 12 days. You have a chance to, like, look at the the, the standings or whatever. And this is how he answered that. If we get clip, was five. it five? Yeah. five? No more than you know, the, the general curiosity you have to to uh, follow along what's going on in the league. <laughs> It was quite interesting. I woke, I woke up this morning and checked the scores, and there was games still going on. I'm not used to uh, not used to that, but yeah, I mean, it, it is strange. It breaks up the rhythm that you, you, you've really gotten into uh, with the way the league works. Basically, every second day, we're trying to use that to our advantage. Coming over here has its challenges, of course, because of the the time changes and, and managing all of that. But it, it does give us a chance to to. Uh, have more practice time, spend more time together as a group. Uh, you know, we want to turn it into being a benefit to us, of course. So, okay, not to get off topic a little bit with uh, Pittsburgh. We're going to talk about Pittsburgh. We'll talk about Washington in our second hour here on uh, Real Kipper and, and Bourne. But, like, the East is tight, mm-hmm. boys. Yeah, Really tight. And the Leafs are right in the middle of it all. They're not, they're, they ain't the Bruins right now. They can go either way. It was supposed to be the Leafs where the Bruins are and the Bruins down where the Leafs are. That's not yeah. what we're looking at today. I know we'll save the other division for the NHL hour, but I'm sorry. The Capitals are 7-2-1 and one in their last 10? Yeah, they all of a sudden are a good team. Did not see that coming. Yeah. Pittsburgh, I saw them rallying. But anyway, yes, this Boston Bruins team continues to win. Yeah. Florida Panthers have won five straight games. They're 8-1-1. One and one. In their last 10. So, yeah, it's, you know, these games against Detroit for Toronto well, are meaningful. We, last Friday, we were talking about the importance of Calgary and Vancouver 
and uh, Ottawa, Ottawa Friday or Detroit, sorry, uh, yeah. Friday, yeah. Uh, Minnesota on Sunday. These these are three points. The one advantage they need the three Leafs out of had, four. Yeah, yeah, the one advantage they have over there is both teams they play are on a back-to-back. So when they get Detroit, Detroit's played the night before, and they'll be rested. And when they get, is it Minnesota the next next game? Yeah. Minnesota plays at like 5 p.m. the night before, then has to play them at 2 p.m. So You think... You think that was uh, brought up in their negotiation? If we're going to go over there, gotta set us up to win. Uh, we're not. We're not doing the back-to-back thing. <laughs> yeah, give that to Detroit. Yeah, I don't know, but they definitely has the advantageous schedule over there. I will say, from a fan perspective for the team, everybody made fun of the regular season not mattering. Regular season is back. Yeah. Well, hey, this division's tight. Like Tampa they, Bay six, it, six, and four. It's they're going to get better. It really does feel like it could go either way very quickly. Yeah. Right? Hot run of games, bad run of games. All of a sudden, you're... Yeah, Tampa's not. Big movement. So maybe that's why some teams want the three-on-three fixed. Yeah. Big point. Those are massive points. All right. All right. To the NHL hour we go. Ken Hitchcock. Yeah. Hall, Hall of Famer. We can introduce him for the first time on our show like that. That's right. What an honor. All right. Anything else you want to discuss in the second hour? Uh, there's a lot of stuff I could put on the lineup here. Oh, my goodness. Would you like me to? Okay. Sabres. Sid. Brendan Gallagher crying about the officials. Sidney Crosby. Canucks lose Connor Susie for six to eight weeks. Kyle Connor, three points as the Jets down the Devils. Tied with Austin Matthew for the league-leading goals. All right. We better get good. to break. Thank you. Or else uh, Sammy's going to call me out to the officials here. Any? Uh, does it feel cooler in here no, now? No, it's hotter. No, it's going up. What is I don't know. Maintenance guy's on his way. All right, we're back. National Hour, next.